Welcome to another episode of the You Flourish podcast, where we are your go-to stop for faith-based career coaching to help you flourish in all seasons of your leadership journey. Flourishing happens when you find strength in God to let go of all worry. It's easy to get wrapped up in the stress and hustle of this world and to put faith on the back burner. What if you tune into our podcast every other Tuesday so that you could feel encouraged to go through the rest of your week keeping God top of mind? And if you love what we have to say, make sure you follow us on social media, write a review, and subscribe. Get ready to grow, and let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the You Flourish podcast. I am so pumped up because today I'm here with someone very special, and that person is Brian Faulkner, and I was actually connected to him through my sister, Hannah, and I know every time she connects me with someone, it's 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 always a new adventure when I meet someone that she meets, and so I had the opportunity to chat with Ryan a little bit about his recent career shift, his recent life shift. And I'm so I'm so excited for you guys to hear her story because I think he's going to be able to bring a, a lot of insight to what it means to truly live a Christ-centered life and walk the way God wants us to walk. And so with that, Ryan, I would love for you just to introduce yourself. Tell us everything we need to know about you, your family, where you work, your faith journey. I mean, how did you get to where you are? Oh, well, thank you so much, Grace. And, and I'm honored. I'm privileged. I'm humbled to be on uh, here. And, and anything I do for God, I want it to be the very best. And so uh, I just hope that this is a blessing to sharing my story, my testimony uh, a little bit. Um, in the end of the Bible, it says they were they overcame by the word of their testimony in the blood of the Lamb. So our testimony is very important in, in, in our and how we walk it out. So I didn't always live for God. Um, I grew up in a super small town, North Dakota, Litchville, um, and the population sign was so so small. It said uh, on the sign outside, it said Litchville, North Dakota population, more or less. And so you never knew if there was 20, 30 people, 50 people in town, but I grew up small town and I worked hard. And I had a great, great family that, uh, you know, that raised me the best that they could um, in, in what they knew and, and not really living for God either, right? And so eventually mm-hmm. the world just kind of grabbed a hold of you if, uh, if you allow it to. And I really wanted the world, the world wanted me. And uh, so went on to play college football, um, pretty much majored in football and girls. That's, uh, mm-hmm. that's what I was into. And and, uh, and then I got into saying, well, I could be successful. I had some confidence in myself and lost a bunch of weight from my football weight. And, and I just had great momentum in my life. And so I got into the financial services industry and that was in 2005 and, and, uh, hit the ground running, um, and really fell in love with the, the fact that I, I didn't have to put a bunch of money down to be in a business that I could really be successful at and and, mm. and talk about some serious money and so I just I read a couple books I read marketing to the affluent 
was the first book and the next book was uh relentless the book with kobe bryant and michael jordan and talking about their relentless pursuit of success and i just <clears throat> ran with that and uh so the first year uh first full year in the business i maybe made 50 grand um and then from there it just pretty much doubled went to 100 the next year 200 300 400 and continued before i was 30 i was a millionaire and uh and then you know went all went out on our own we we grew and we had red river financial group in fargo there um and everybody knew ryan everybody loved ryan and so i i i tried i had a lot of good intentions in the things that i did we'd give back and do as much as we can I had a lot of great relationships but i just felt empty grace <clears throat> Uh, I felt, I felt uh, meaningless in the things I was doing. Nothing really excited me anymore. Making sales and all those things didn't really matter. Started to just kind of grow numb and really started to fill those things in as I had adversity come in my life with drugs and alcohol. So instead of attacking my problems, I really filled that void with with drugs and alcohol and and uh, <clears throat> started with you know innocent just had adhd so i took some uh adderall and then it just kept growing from there and just got a taste of uppers in my life and so there was times where i wouldn't sleep for two three four days and just uh mm -hmm. thought i could continue to do this burn both ends of the candle <clears throat> and uh building problems just kept building and building and building and so as an addict, you know, you just, you, you, you run away from your problems is kind of what happens. And so I uh, decided to move my family of all places with my growing Adderall and cocaine addiction to Las Vegas. And so I said, well, I'm gonna move there because I was had some doing some business there already. And I wanted to live in warmer community. And it was just an excuse um, to just be able to a, get away. And but then be around all my other friends that did the same thing as I did. And uh, then is when the real big problem started to hit, got pulled over with a bunch of drugs, four felony charges, owed casinos money, um, just really started, my life started to really spiral out of control. And finally my wife took, and she left and took the four kids and she came, um, came back to North Dakota. And that was right before, uh, or it was right, right after COVID hit. And, uh, I still wasn't, I, I didn't care. I moved my girlfriend in at the time into the house and just said, this is, I'm going to move on with my life. This is what I'm going to do. And I'll get divorced and continue to make money, do whatever I want to do. That's what I th always thought I could do. So I was just going to move on with my next life. And uh, the best day I could ever tell anybody is going to be the best is the day that God interrupts your life. And so he did it in a weird way with me. I ended up actually ODing, um, I overdosed, and I was in a coma for three days. And that still wasn't my rock bottom. <clears throat> and I had been arrested before that too, and that obviously wasn't my rock bottom, sitting on a holding cell with 12 other men, mm -hmm. you know, passed out for a couple of days. And so the guy that actually did CPR on me was at my house when I OD'd. So I went to the hospital, He's a big black man. And I didn't know him because it was a house party. You never know everybody. And uh, and so I got out and I came back to the house. And I said, well, what happened? And 
And so there's people kind of telling me, I said, well, I got to meet this guy, Bill, um, that saved my life. I don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. And God sends us angels when we really needed and and hopefully we're, we're paying attention and, and bill was definitely an angel in my life and they even proved it even more because when we got together we were just talking i still wasn't i wasn't planning on stopping i'm still doing drugs still drinking after it i od'd for four, three days and uh i'm talking to bill and and uh for whatever reason bill and i are talking about prison and jail and stuff like that and he said well i really never been to been to jail that much he said but i was there for a couple weekends for duis or whatever he said but the only time i read the bible was when i was in jail for those weekends and when he said the word bible grace it cut through me like a ton of bricks i was i was pierced in the heart and i said that's it i need god and I, that, 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 that Sunday, I went to actual Randy, Randall Cunningham, who was a quarterback for the Vikings and a couple other t- teams throughout his career. He actually is a pastor in Las Vegas. And I knew him, not, not know him, didn't know him personally, but my personal trainer was his security guard mm-hmm. at the church. And he'd always invite me to go to church and invite me to go come see Randall. He said he did security. So I said, well, then, so I, we brought him, I brought everybody there and you know, I, I went, I didn't really know how I was going to go. And by the end, you know, I'm in tears. God's starting to really work on my heart. I'm really starting to repent. And within a week, I slammed the door in my girlfriend's face. I gave her about $10,000 worth of drugs. Because at the time, we were dealing drugs, too. And I said, I choose Jesus. And, uh, and I flew back. And my wife took me back, thankfully. Mm. Hasn't been a smooth road. But uh, God has made me a totally different person. That term repentance means it's a military term. And it means to turn a 180 degree turn and about face. So you're facing one thing and you're turning and facing the other. And now I've totally lived, given my life to God in every way that possible. And that first year I came back, I, I, <clears throat> I just lost myself in the service of others. And that was probably the best experience that I could have had in my life was work at the soup cafe two, three times a week. And just, I still had some money. So I was thankful that just trying to find out God and I'm studying my Bible six, seven, eight hours a day. I can't get enough grace. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I go all in and, and, uh, and then at the end of the the beginning of this year, um, I hired a coach um, to get in to start doing some life coaching. I went through the John Maxwell training um and uh and so I said well I want to jump all in and you know trusting in God and 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 then really growing as a speaker so I'm just trying to was trying to speak for free for a few months just to get my reps in and now finally get paid you know uh booking speaking gigs I'm taking uh, I'm going to school to be to even level up my professional speaking career even more um and uh I've got a pretty big car dealership that I do all their consulting leadership training for. So that's what I do now. Um, and still live for God as much as I possibly can in any way that I can. Um, and just being a good witness, uh, 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 in, in my Christian walk and having him order my steps. So that's kind of my story. If that helps. Yeah. Wow. I'm like, 
I didn't know this whole story before this conversation. And so this is just first, I want to say thank you for your authenticity and just sharing that because, wow, I can't imagine how many people need to hear this. But I kind of have a first question for you. And that is when you think back to when all things, when, when things kind of started to, you know, maybe take a turn for the worse and then where you are now, I mean, what feelings does that bring about for you? I mean, how does that, like, I mean, when I, when I hear that story, I, I just think to myself, I mean, how can anyone not believe and not be so like thankful for God? And like, that's just crazy. The things that he can do, but I mean, you're here now and now you reflect back. I mean, would you have changed the way things happened? I mean, you know, share that, I guess. Um, you know, I tell people, whether I coach, and whether I speak, I say, everything in your life has happened, not to you, but it's happened for you. So it's all happened for me to come to this stage of my life. If I would have had a different route, I probably wouldn't have appreciated it as much. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, not everybody has these monster come to Jesus moments. Um, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm understanding for that. I have compassion and empathy for that. So the only thing that I can tell people is just my love for the word. You know, there's a, there's a scripture in Thessalonians, second Thessalonians two and 10, I believe it says, it says um, that they receive not a love for the truth that they might be saved. And you really need to have a love for the truth. Mm. There's got to be a love for the word. Um, and, and, and I'm so thankful that I did. It was one of the best advice I ever got. Actually, he was a pastor in out of Oakland that one of the first pastors that I, that I, that I met and his only advice to me ever, Ryan, he just said, Ryan, stay in your word. That's all you got to do. Stay in your word. And I did. And, and, and he's been faithful. God is faithful mm-hmm. and true. Mm-hmm. Well, that, um, that's another thought that I thought about too. And well, I love that because Honestly, I think, and I was chatting with some people recently about this, that we overcomplicate life. We overcomplicate everything that we do. And honestly, God gave us 10 commandments. He gave us one rule to love everybody, right? And why do we overcomplicate it? And if we just stay in the truth and the word that he literally like wrote for us, why are we making things so much harder for ourselves? Uh, So I just, that is such a good point in that that's truly what we just need to do like let's just stop making things so hard and just literally read the book that he provided for us um but my other question is you you touched on this a bit is what if someone doesn't have a big life turning story like this and I obviously most people you meet don't I mean I can't specifically think of something in my life that has you know I grew up in faith and all these things but how do we see and feel the love and become so devoted as you have when it may be it's a little it's different so tell me I mean how do you teach people about this and or what's your impact so the first thing I ask somebody and that you know if they say well I'm Christian or I teach Sunday school whatever you know um, this is a lot of people that go to church Right. Um, you know, and, and, but they don't know the word. 
So the first thing I ask somebody is, do you study? And most of the time, even if they have read some of the words, they'll be like, oh, no, I, yeah, I just don't have time. I can't get around to it. And then I, and then I say, well, one of my favorite scriptures and one that hits me the hardest and hit me the hardest when I really thought I maybe was starting to figure this out is 2 Timothy 2.15. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, study to show thyself approved to God. So you don't need to show yourself approved to Ryan or to Grace. You need to study to show yourself approved to God. Mm. And then it goes on to say, a workman needeth not be ashamed. So that tells me that it's going to take some work. If I'm really going to get into this, it's going to take some work. So for somebody to say, I don't have time, on judgment day, that's not going to work. And then the, the most important part of the scripture is the last part. It says, rightly dividing the word of truth. And then I just let it sit with people because the Holy Ghost is going to convict people more than I am. So. You know, either either God's drawing them or it's not. So if I'm asking that question, I feel like God's drawing you. Mm -hmm. mm. That is such a good point. And I think when you put it, when we put it in, into perspective, and I think this perspective um, shift or just a mindset shift is truly what we need as well. I mean, and it kind of, I feel a little bit convicted a little bit when you say, you know, when we talk about, there's a lot of people go to church, but we don't know the word. I mean, I grew up in the church. I grew up in, you know, everything and like strong in my faith, some may say. Um, but when it comes to actually knowing the word and studying, um, that is definitely where I fall short. And, um, and so I think like just reminding people like you do that, that's the way we can do it and the way we can know God and feel his love and, um, a word that that you were that you are reminding me of is, and I'm guessing you've heard of this word, but it's zeal, and zeal is like a true devotion to something, and like I just feel like you have a zeal for God and um into the word, and I feel like that is something we all should just strive for is just like a devotion that's so pure and good and lovely. Um, I don't know. I just think that it's very cool, and I think that's just such a good point that. Um, we just need to study yeah and you know think of it this way and and i get more revelation as i think about this okay mm -hmm. we're talking about the god of the universe so in the beginning it says in genesis god spoke so the word of god literally spoke the universe into existence let there be light and there was light and it was good. Mm. So his word, that same word is in this Bible right here. So the more that we can read it, study it, get it inside of us, he will open our understanding. He will give us wisdom. We don't need to study these other books as much as we need to study that because he has to give us the understanding, the same understanding grace that he built the foundations of the earth. It was built on God's understanding, his wisdom. Mm. 
when you start thinking about it, it's so beyond anything we can even imagine. The word excellent mm-hmm. is the is 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 something that's so out of our carnal minds that we can't even imagine because it's 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 how the excellence of the universe. So when you say something is excellent, it's not even close to what God's abundance mindset. He said, and scripture says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard what I have in store for those who love me. Hmm. It's just our brains. And I was thinking about this a lot lately too, is that our brains, our human brains are so small compared and I think when we try to figure things out for God and we're like okay this is my next step this is the path I'm gonna take and then we realize that okay that was ridiculous because God has something else in store as your story attests you completely but our brains and what we can imagine for our lives is is not even close to the way God is thinking about it um because it's just so much bigger and to me that is just like unfathomable but when we think about in the way you just said like it's just why are we trying to figure things out for God or like and then like he knows what he's doing and his like it's so much more than I in mind but it's hard to give up that control too of and think like he is it he created everything the universe he created you and I which in itself is billions and trillions of percent that I'm actually and you are actually here insane um but why are we trying to figure it all out for God? I don't know. That's fine. And, That's and, 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 and the one thing I tell everybody is I just say, you know, Jesus loves you. Mm-hmm. God, God loves you. And w- that love, we can't even think about how great that love is. Mm-hmm. I have five children and I love them enormously. Mm-hmm. But the love he have for us is so beyond that love. Mm-hmm. And so just like a good father, he just wants us to obey his word and do what it says. Just as it's the same thing, I if I tell my kids, pick up their Legos, I expect them to be obedient. Mm-hmm. That's a standard that is in our house is to be obedient. And the only rule, the only commandment that kids need to worry about is honor their father and mother. Well, we have all the commandments to worry about, right? But the biggest one is love God with all your heart. Mm-hmm. So when you mentioned earlier, you said the one commandment that, you know, Jesus says in Matthew is love God with all your heart and love your neighbor, right? Love mm-hmm. God, and love people. Well, in Mark, in Mark 12, 28, it says that the first and most important commandment, Grace, is hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord which is quoting Deuteronomy 6 and 4 in the Old Testament. So what we have to understand is that there's only one God. The Muslims got this figured out. The the, the Native Americans got this figured out. Mm -hmm. But I feel like a lot of people don't have it figured out that there is only one God. And that should be the foundation of everything Mm -hmm. in your spiritual life is that there's one God and he created the universe. He spoke the universe into existence. Mm -hmm. And then it goes on to say yeah, that I shall love the Lord thy God with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my might or my strength. Mm-hmm. And so right there, if you do that, he will fill you with his Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. And, and, and you'll have a book of Acts experience, and that's what I've had in my life. So the book of Acts should be the paradigm that you start studying. And if you study more, Grace, I would tell you and all the mm-hmm. listeners, 
start studying with the book of Acts because that is the first church. Hmm. I think that's so interesting. And this is just such good knowledge to know. I mean, because I think what people think of start studying, right? Great. Okay. Thank you. You know, I'll start doing that. But where, where, you know, where do you start? How do you start? And that leads me to my next question is, I mean, I know you're a speaker and you're building this part of your business and your dreams for what you want to do. But typically, I mean, we live in a very secular culture and these businesses that you're going into, I'm going to call it corporate America because that's what we do. Um, How do you lead boldly with your faith and have conversations about this in places where it maybe isn't necessarily welcome? Um, Because this is something Kelsey and I struggle a lot with in the sense that we were going to be a faith-based company, but when you're trying to work with corporate companies and go in and speak, you necessarily, um, or it's just harder to get in um, and make a living when you are, base like that so how has this process been for you and how were you leading with your faith and um in this well, horrible i'll tell you one thing and, and it's it, the sad part about being being a christian entrepreneur is there's a stigma around it that we should be doing everything for free mm-hmm. and god the god i serve he's a god of abundance and he knows now, he knows he can trust Ryan. And and, and that now, now I'm a good steward with my money, first and foremost. I tithe and offering offerings and making sure that I'm a good steward. He's dealt with me on those things where I have not been a good steward in my life at times. Now, what I do in, in a corporate setting and, and uh, uh, I do share my story which helps to get them to relate. Hey, I was a millionaire and lived for the world. And these are the things and my, I, I've crashed and burned. And now though, and I carry around with me, my, my one page strategic plan. I said, now though, my priorities, which it's always good. There's always the coaching piece to the priorities. I mean, people need to make sure they have their priorities in order. Mm -hmm. And, and, and my previous life, I didn't have my priorities in order. Things that, that were important for me were not biblically sound. And so now my priorities are first and foremost, my relationship with God. And I'll tell that to anybody, anytime. I don't care what it is. And, and if they're not willing to hire me because of that, then I know that's God. Just, you know, he's going to give us favor, mm-hmm. favor with him and favor with man as well. So we're going to have favor with God. So he, he just redirects things in those situations. But then, I, but then I say my 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 next priority is my relationship with my wife, and I really touch on this because the people I speak to are men and women, but mainly men mm-hmm. from age thirty five to fifty that have so much chaos, and and they've started with good intentions, they got married, and now they got kids, and they got maybe divorced, and they're the brink of divorce. They've got messes. And they're not being the spiritual leader of their home right now. And that's why it's a mess. So I speak to that person. My old self is who I coach the most. I'm the most well-equipped. I'm the most well-qualified to coach to my former self. And that might be my former selves from yesterday as well. You know what I mean? So, So you're best qualified to speak and coach your former self. 
Hmm. That like, <laughs> I know there's just a lot there. I mean, I, I just really love what you said about the stigma around being a Christian entrepreneur is we shoot everything for free. But this leads me to another question for you because many of the people who are listening probably aren't entrepreneurs, right? And I mean, we have a lot of people who are. Yeah. Um, but let's just say you're regular, you work in corporate America, you whatever. Okay. And sometimes we also are taught, you know, as Christians growing up that it's, you shouldn't ask for more money. You shouldn't do this because it's rude. You know what I mean? Like, how do we go about that? I mean, from your perspective, from your advice, from your past, what advice would you give somebody who's wanting to ask for more money or thinks they deserve more? But sometimes we feel like we don't because we shouldn't. Well, I think there's two folds. I'm going to touch first on what I thought about right away when you said this question is that most people aren't entrepreneurs. Well, whether they believe it or not, they are running some type of business. When I work with somebody and they run their, their particular department, I say, I want you to start looking at this as running your own business. You need to run this more efficiently. If you can run this more efficiently, if you can make the company more money, you're more valuable, you're a better asset to the company. Mm. okay so we need to have that mindset that i am an entrepreneur this is my business i don't just nine to five i want to be thinking and growing this now they've got their way and this is what i coach on i speak on it very plainly is we all have our way in life but most of us have not attached our way with our why Mm. and so i i i you know the term right now going around is what side hustle right grace well, I tell people, oh, yeah. no, 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 no. Get rid of this side hustle, which which is a really awful word if you think about it. Get rid of this side hustle mentality. I want you to find your side passion. What is it that gives you that passion that 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 you're so excited about? It brings you so much joy, but also it probably brings you some pain. And somewhere in between crying and jumping for joy, you're going to find that why in life. Mm. And if you can find that why and attach it with your way, it doesn't necessarily mean not tell anybody to quit their jobs and go work at a homeless shelter or a soup cap. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying find your why. What makes you more excited? What, 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 what makes you cry? And what makes you jump for joy? Sing for joy. What, is it, what are those things? Ask yourself that right now. Write it down. Say, well, this is what makes me. For me, it's watching people live up to their potential. There's nothing better that I could do in my life. There's nothing better that I could do that is to teach Bible studies and, and, and to watch people's lives transform. I just had a, a guy who's teaching Bible study, he just went to rehab last week, checked himself in. He's been there for seven days and he's reading his word every single day. And I've been a witness to him. And he used to be my personal trainer in Las Vegas. And so there's nothing more that I want is to advance the kingdom of God and be in God's will. If we can be in God's will, there's no better place. Hmm. Oh, okay. That was like so good. And I just, okay. I just love what you said about we need to to, uh, align our way with our why. And I think a lot of us be thinking, okay, what's my purpose in life? What do I have? What am I supposed to be doing right now? Okay, let's just like get yeah, back that I'm unpacking. Kelsey and I, we talk a lot about aligning with our why to and it's that in you, the way you explain it, I just think is so beautiful and like what makes whatever is the in between that makes you cry and uh, makes you jump for joy. I think that's a great way to explain it. And it's just like 
your why is what keeps you going when things get hard. And so um, when you want to stop and meet a horrible day, why? Why are you doing what you're doing? And um, I just think that's so good. And also when we're thinking about our positions and I just like, I'm like, this needs to be a talk. And I think you should write this down that you should just talk about how we all need to be entrepreneurs inside of our bigger business because I'm like, that is genius. I don't know how I, I, I should have heard that sometime before. But um, taking ownership is really what that is. Taking ownership of your role. And it's just like, bring it, to bring it full circle, taking ownership of our lives. And really aligning with your why, aligning with your passions, aligning with who you are. And if you do all of those things, okay, then bring it back to work, let's just say, and focus on how you can make everything there better when it's not even your business. That's just like, things are just will fall into place. And then remembering to study and then things will really fall into place. There you go. <laughs> it's all, it's all making sense now. All glory to God. Yes. Uh, well, this has been such a wonderful conversation. And before we really wrap up, I want to ask you a couple more questions because please, please. I'm having so um, much fun. Yes. And like, this is so, I just have so much fun too. But um, the first question I want to ask you, I mean, you have a lot happening in your life, like change, exciting things, really hard things, but something so beautiful is, is really being grown right now for you. Um, I can just tell that. And so I would love to know, I mean, right now, how do you really, I mean, you touched on it so many times, but to put it into maybe a word or a phrase, not a word, how do you help people flourish? I mean, really what's your goal to help people flourish? Um, and how can we as listeners, um, help you with that? Cause we want to be able to assist you on your journey as well as you assisting us. The apostle Paul, he said, and, and this is in, uh, the 11th chapter of first Corinthians, he said, be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. And there's other translations that 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 say, you know, follow follow me as I follow Christ. And that's really what it's about because me standing at the corner and, and yelling, Jesus is not going to do any good. But if people can see the love and they can see the compassion and they can see the fruit, the fruits of the spirit are this love, joy, peace. That's our relationship with God, Grace long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, the next three, that's our relationship with others. That's how much patience I have, how much, how much care I have, how, how good I am at serving others and bringing value in their life. Those are the next three. The last three is meekness, temperance. And so meekness is not being weak. Meekness is having a humble spirit. Moses was the most weak in the Old Testament. Obviously, Jesus in the flesh was, was a meek. He doesn't mean that he was weak. It means that he was humble. He was a true servant leader. Temperance is self-control. And I still struggle with this myself. I have a problem with my hands. You know, I love food. So what do I do? I fast. And I just added another day. So three days a week, I'm fasting to try to beat my flesh into submission. Mm. 
so that I have more self-control, you know, in, in, in my, in my walk with God and that, and those things are so important because if those, if those things can flow through you, okay, if they can flow through you, then you've got, you know, faith is the last one. And, and that faithful, it says to be found faithful. We have to be found faithful. If I work with somebody in even a secular business and I come and say, well, you're giving us 50%. How are we supposed to give you 100%? If somebody gives me 110% and they're faithful and they give all the thing they can, me as a leader, I'm going to give them 200% back. Hmm. So it's just that time, effort, and energy. How much, how bad do you want to show up now being a coach to get them to attach their why with their way? They're going to be more excited about life and building a culture that people fight to be a part of. So it just in my family, I've now built a culture that my kids want to be a part of. My family wants to be a part of that. First and foremost was my foundation, the rock that I built my life. And then I went on to do that in my business. And now that's why my business is called Cornerstone Mm. because it's built on biblical principles. I stand on those things. And if you build things the right way, when the storms come, which they will, you're, you're not going to be shaken. Mm. I think it's so cool that your business is named Cornerstone and I think having a meaning behind business names, I mean, everyone's like, oh, this is why we named our business this, but um, Cornerstone, I mean, um, I know you've probably heard the song Cornerstone, right? There's that one. Now I'm like blanking on how it goes, but I'm going to listen to that after this. Um, But I just think that the coolest thing, I mean, just how our business is named You Flourish and it's um, flourish. Flourish really means to withstand in harsh conditions. And um, so what can you do to get through the hard times basically? And that's why we're here and you're here because you're truly helping people become the best they can be. I mean, in reality. And so lastly, I mean, who, you know, you're growing as a speaker, you're growing as a coach, but I mean, how can we, how can we find you? How can we more people learn about you get in contact with you? I mean, tell us maybe like, what you're searching, searching for in a business sense. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually doing some schooling right now um, to grow my professional speaking, whether it's, it's virtual speaking or, um, you know, associations and in corporate America. So I'm really, really locking in. I feel, feel God really pushing me in that direction to be able to, there's so much power in our words. And, and so that's how I built my business originally was just speaking for free. And then it's grown into doing some consulting and other things. So, um, but I do, you know, I, I, right now I coach uh, a couple days a week and then I'm trying to always have one or two speaking gigs every week. So that's a goal of mine um, as I grow this. And I, I just, I love in the journey, you know? Um, and so this, this is something that you, I think could use in your business. This is, this is from Dabo Sweeney, who was the coach of the Clemson Tigers, and he got hired very young. Um, and, you know, he probably makes $10 million a year now as the head coach. Um, and he's a Christian man. Um, and how he got hired was because whatever position he was working, which I think he was like literally washing uh, 
you know, toilets, washing, you know, towel boy and water boy and just worked his way up as graduate assistant. And he said, you know what? Wherever you're planted, bloom. Mm. Wherever you're planted, bloom. Do your best. Flourish wherever you're at. And if you do that, the God of this universe will see that. He'll see your heart and he'll know that you're doing your absolute best, not Grace's best, not Ryan's best, but your absolute best at whatever that is. I heard a quote today say, if I only have 40% to give to you, I'm not feeling well. If I give 40%, that's 100% of what I got to give. So mm-hmm. we're not going to have, a, you know, every day, but but what John Wooden said, make every day your masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And so that's really the uh, the most important part of of anybody listening is just wherever you're at, it might not be the ideal job and you might not be in the ideal relationship, but just do your best. Mm-hmm. Be the best person. You control a hundred percent of your attitude. Attitude is everything. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. And like you mentioned, if you're in, if, if anyone listening, you know, is in a position where, yeah, like things aren't maybe going the best. Remember why you're also there remember why you're doing what you're doing and remember what's going to get you through what's keeping you going. Um, and that's going to be ultimately, um, the way you make it through and also turning to God and with everything. So, uh, Ryan, this has been so wonderful and you've got so given us so many great points. I'm just so thankful we were able to have this conversation today. Um, I'm definitely going to put all of your contact information in the show notes for everyone to reach out to you to just learn more about you and your business cornerstone. I think you have so much to offer our listeners and so much to offer the world. And so I'm just so thankful for this. Um, thank you everyone for tuning in to our episode today. We, um, are just so thankful that you all took some time to grow spiritually and personally, professionally. Um, yeah. Any last thoughts, Ryan? Don't forget to study. Study. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so it's a scripture to leave you with. And this has been the first scripture that I really focus my attention on. It's in, in, in scripture. In scripture, it says, in Isaiah, it says, line by line, precept by precept, a little bit here, a little bit there. And that's really what it's about, is to take a scripture, chew on it, own it. And so Matthew 6.33 says, seek ye the kingdom of God first and all of his righteousness and everything else will be given to you. Mm. Amazing. Well, thank you for leaving us with that last thought and thank you all for tuning in.